whose coffee this is right here? Oh, no, no, it's good. I'm using it right now unless you really want it because I have plans for it. But, hey, hey, Bree, just to let you know, I have a cup of coffee here with a straw sticking out. If I squeeze this coffee over top of your head, uh, I better not. If I, squeeze this coffee, if I squeeze this cup out over top of your head, what's coming out of this cup? Coffee. Coffee. How many of y'all believe coffee will come out if I squeeze coffee out? You believe that? Okay. How, you know, so wouldn't it be ridiculous to really want Mountain Dew to come out and squeeze a coffee cup? I mean, if you squeeze a coffee cup with coffee in it, coffee's coming out. Okay, uh, oh, in case you didn't want coffee. Oh, I have some ultra deluxe dish liquid detergent. Yeah, who's got nasty hair today? Let me see, no, nobody has nasty hair, but yeah, Kevin, okay? So if I take this right here, and I, Kevin, yeah. like when you said bad words as a child and you had soap in your mouth, right? No matter what you do, when you squeeze this, whatever's on the inside's coming out. In case you haven't got it yet, uh, you guys went up there and my, uh, my wife and her coffee ministry has hazelnut, French vanilla, and the original. So out of those three choices, if you wanted the original in your coffee, which one would you squeeze into it? The original. And if you squeezed hazelnut in there and didn't get the original, whose fault is that? That's yours. And so whatever you're full of, that's what's coming out. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So here's the thought that I want you guys to be thinking about. If you squeeze an orange, you get? Okay. And so if you squeeze a Christian, what do you get? You get Christ. If you squeeze an orange... You get orange juice. If you squeeze a Christian, you get Christ. So let me ask you this. When somebody squeezes you, what do they get? Mmm, that's right. Because it depends whether we're living spiritually or we're carnal. What are you full of? Whatever you are full of, that's what's going to come out. That's why it's so important that we are full of the Holy Spirit of God. We are full of his word. Because have you ever gotten squeezed and you said something you said, oh, I didn't mean to say that? Anybody done that? Or you react in a way, I didn't mean to do that. Yes, you did. You just let it come out. You didn't mean to let it come out. That's what you really meant. But whatever you are full of when you get squeezed, that's what's coming out. So in this, are you the type of person that if God wants to squeeze some Jesus on somebody, if God wants to squeeze some Jesus on somebody where you were, in your neighborhood, in your family, in a tough situation, he wants to squeeze some Jesus can God put you in a tough situation and squeeze you and count on Jesus coming out and people being able to see that during tough times? That's who we need to be. And the only way we can be that way is, is being full of the spirit and full of his word. How many of y'all know you are what you eat? <laughs> you are what you eat. That's why we got to be eating some soul food. And today we're going to see from this guy, Stephen, we're going to see how God wanted to squeeze some Jesus out on some people. And so he took Stephen and put him under intense pressure, and he squeezed him. And you're going to see the Jesus come out of him. And hopefully that will be an example for us. We're actually going to be talking about Stephen for the next three weeks. Because Stephen, man, once he got squeezed, we're just going to see the squeeze today. But next week we'll be seeing what came out of him, and then we're going to see the results of all of that in the following week. So let's take a look at this. Now it says, and Stephen, this is Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 8. 
And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, we just met Stephen kind of last week. You remember that all of a sudden, uh, in the brand new uh, first century church, there were Greek Jews and there were Hebrew Jews and the Greek Jews were feeling kind of the, the widows were feeling kind of ripped off like they weren't getting their share of the food or their share of the goods and they needed some and so the devil was trying to get in the middle of everything and so the apostle said well here's what we're going to do he said you guys recommend to me seven people that are full of the spirit and full of wisdom seven men full of spirit and full of wisdom and then we're going to approve them, and we're going to let them take care of this matter. And so they recommended seven Greek, Jewish Greek men, and Stephen was at the head of the list. And what their job was to do was simply serve tables. Now, what that could have meant is that they were at tables, and they were giving out food vouchers. They were giving out money. But bottom line is they were giving stuff out that was going to take care of everybody's needs. So it was in some respects a menial task, but it was very, very important. And so this guy, Stephen, he was faithful at something that was kind of little in compared to what he was going to be used at. And you know the saying, if you're not faithful in a little, he won't let you be faithful in what? A lot. Everybody always wants the lot. They want the big stuff, but you got to be faithful in the little stuff. Faithful in your day-to-day -day walk, because it's in your day-to-day -day walk that you start filling yourself up. If you're not in the word in the morning, I'm not talking about being in the word as a religious devotion and you look at it and say, okay, God bless me, I checked the box off. Man, you're eating some soul food for breakfast because you know you need that spiritual nourishment. You're bringing that soul food back up again because during the middle of the day because if you're thinking about the wrong thing, you have to start thinking about the right thing. And if you're thinking about the right thing, you can't be thinking about the... The wrong thing. So you're bringing the word of God back up. You're back in it again. You're praying. You're constantly doing the little things to stay full so that when you get squeezed, what comes out? Christ. Christ. Exactly. Because whatever you put in, that's what's coming out. And if you're not putting godly things in, if you're not putting the word of God in, you're not putting godly service in, putting the word into practice, if you're not putting spiritual things in what is the world putting in man it is it's making us overweight in the flesh man the the world if you just neglect god's word you neglect feeding your spiritual life the world will fill you up and then when you get squeezed guess what's coming out the same thing that comes out of people who don't have christ because that's what you you are what you eat and so this guy stephen was faithful in whatever god told him to do that's what he's going to do God said, go sweep the floor. He swept the floor. God says, go preach to a thousand people. He preached to a thousand people. Whatever God told him to do, that's what he was all about. He saw life from God's perspective, and he saw that the most important ministry for him was the ministry God was calling him to at that point in time, the one God was expecting him to be faithful to. It might change the next day, change the next day, but whatever God was calling to do, that's what he was supposed to do. So Stephen was full of it, okay? And let's look at what he was full of. Stephen, look at this, he was full of what? What's it tell us? Full of faith, okay? And um, this word faith, uh, let's see here. Okay, uh, faith, it says he was full of faith, and some of your translations may say that he was full of grace. And this word faith or grace in the, in the Greek is the word pistuo, or in this translation, it's the word pistis. And what it means, it's the same word that John translates 99 times as believe. How many of y'all know John 3, 16? Help me out. For God so, help me do it. For God so loved the world that 
Whoever what? Wait a minute, whoever what? Believes in him shall have eternal life and, or never perish and have eternal life, right? Okay, it's all hinging upon belief. And some people think that belief is right here, man. Oh, I believe in him. But you know what? The Bible also says the devils believe. They know God exists. They know Jesus exists. But they're going to bust hell wide. That's their home is hell. This belief is a, is a trust belief. And in the original context, most all words that you have, you know, they have an original context to them. Like every year, Webster's adds how many new words? <laughs> how many new words get added? What are some new words this year? Anybody know some new words this year? No, nobody knows new words. Uh, well, I know one that kind of came in recently was selfie, right? What's a selfie? How many of y'all know what a selfie is? All right, was that in our dictionary 10 years ago? No, if it was a selfie, it would mean something. Mean, now, so what is a selfie? <gasps> I don't have the art of a selfie down yet, man. And, uh, but, but so there's always new words. And when a new word is coined, it's because somebody's been doing something they don't really have a word for. So this word pistuo or believe, pistis, what it comes from is originally they would see somebody leaning on a crutch. They were leaning on a crutch and they needed a word to describe them leaning on a crutch. And so all their weight and all their trust was leaning on that crutch. If you're truly leaning on a crutch and the crutch comes out from under you, what happens? You yeah, you fall. There's no, if, if you don't fall and it falls out from under you, you weren't leaning on it. You were only sort of trusting it a little bit. You had an ace in the hole. You, you were kind of just hedging your bet here. So it, it fully meant to lean on a crutch. So when the John 3.16 says that uh, you gain eternal life by believing in Jesus, it's talking about putting your faith and trust in Christ. The same way that, uh-oh. The same way that I'm putting my faith and trust in this stool right now. If this stool goes down, Man, what's going to happen to me? Yeah, Jack's going to be laughing. How many of y'all are getting your cameras ready right now? You know what I'm saying? If it goes down, because all my faith and trust is in it. All of my faith and trust is in it. I got no trust in the ground, in the air. I, can't, I don't have an air hook. <laughs> I can't hold on to this because I'll be bringing the whole ceiling down, and y'all be paying the penalty of that. All my faith and trust, this is what the word believe means. And so in that, that's what he says. He says, he was full of faith, okay? He was full of daily leaning on God, trusting God. And he's like, he encounters something. What do I do now? And he listened to God and he wanted to do what God wanted to do. He got to the next phase of life. What do I do now? And he did what God wanted him to do. So he was full. He was full of listening to God, trying to see life from God's perspective, doing it God's way. He was full of that. And if you're full of it, is there room for anything else? No. If you're half full of it, is there room for other stuff? Yeah, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of y'all are half full? I know we all go through that where we're half full. If you're full, there's no room for anything else. And that's how Stephen, man, could see life from God's perspective. That's how when God said, I need somebody, I need somebody to squeeze some Jesus out on these, these religious leaders. I need somebody to squeeze some some Jesus out on the, uh, on the church and on the Roman government. I don't need somebody squeeze. So, man, it, it, how many of y'all ever been squeezed? You ever been squeezed by God? Is it a comfortable thing to be squeezed by God? No, a hug is nice. But when he squeezes you, man, man, that's when we're like, oh, stop. I've been following you. Why are you doing this to me, right? I thought if I gave my life to you, everything would be. No, dude. 
Sometimes God squeezes you because he wants Christ to come out and he's trying to squeeze the G, your Jesus on somebody else on another situation. But the only way that that's going to happen is if you are full of faith, if daily, moment by moment, as best you can, and when you're not, you repent and say, God, I'm sorry for filling myself with some nonsense. God, I want to know the truth. I want to do it your way. And so you stay full of faith. You are full of Jesus. And so when you get squeezed, what comes out? Jesus. All right, so help me out again. If you squeeze an orange, you get? Orange. If you squeeze a Christian, you get? Christ. You get Christ. And should you be surprised if you squeeze an orange juice and you didn't get lemon juice? No. Should you be surprised that if you're not walking with God and you get squeezed, you get something other than Christ? Man, God is looking for people to squeeze Jesus out of all over everybody else. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that he can squeeze me and squeeze Jesus out on, out on this world that needs him so bad. So he was full of faith, and look at the next thing. He was full of, what's the next word? Power. Power. Yeah, because guess what happens? When you are full of faith and you are not trusting anybody else but God, God puts you in situations that you can't take care of on your own, right? And you can't do it. You can't can't make enough things happen. It's something supernatural has to happen or, or, or you're done. And so God can only give those assignments to people that are really trusting him, people that are full of him. And so when he puts you in those situations, remember we talked about a verse in Hebrews not too long ago. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So without faith, you can't please God. So God has to give us impossible situations that require us to have faith so we can please him. So anybody here have impossible situations? Anybody? Yeah. He gave those to you. How many right now would love to just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this impossible situation? Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. That truly is what we're, it's a gift. He's giving us an opportunity to please him. Now, where are you going to get the faith? To, to, to lean on? Who's even going to give you the faith to be able to lean on him? Where does that come from? It comes from him. And so that's why he's giving. That's why he put Stephen in this place. Stephen just got saved, volunteered to wait on tables, volunteered to do whatever, and all of a sudden now he's coming into a situation where he's going to be preaching to the most powerful people in that earthly kingdom, and he actually ends up getting killed in stone. And that's God's plan. So come for the next couple of weeks to find out how that all works out and God gets glory out of all of that. But for right now, what I want you to see is that you've got to be full of the right stuff for the right stuff to come out. God wants to fill you up so he can squeeze you out on this world. And you know what? We sometimes have all kinds of You know, we have a bad day. Somebody is just horrible, exponentially horrible to us. And now we have the right to be exponentially horrible to everybody else, don't we? Can't we justify it sometimes? It's just one day. I, I got an excuse now to do this. But no, man, understand, God's got so much of a bigger plan for you. And as you, fill your, as you obey him, as you fill yourself with faith, as you put all your faith and trust in him, what's the next thing he gives you? What's the result? What's the P word here? It's power. Power to be able to do it. Now, if you need to heal somebody and that's the best thing that can happen at that point in time, can God give you power to do that? How about to pay a bill? He can do that. How about, how about to feed somebody? He can do that. 
How about to encourage somebody who's discouraged and you didn't even know they were discouraged, but God put them on your heart to call them and, or go over to the house and give them a word. Can God do that? But to do anything that's going to do any good, you need God's power. You, because you don't have it. If all you've got is flesh and you squeeze flesh out on other people, man, that's not going to result in something supernatural. That's not going to result in them glorifying God and having Jesus squeezed out all over him. So in this, look what happened. Stephen, man, was full of faith, leaning on God and full of power. And he did great wonders. That word is miracles. And at that time, the best thing that they could do for the Jews was show them a sign. And, and show them that, man, by doing these great miracles, it proved to everybody that now God was responsible for all of this. God can do the same thing today, but God's got so many different ways to manifest his power on all of us and, and, and through us. And so in this, uh, he was doing great miracles and wonders and signs among the people. So this guy starting out waiting on tables is now doing what the apostles were doing. And then verse 9, look what happens all of a sudden. I mean, if you're walking with God, how about Job? You guys remember the story of Job? And the devil, he's like walking around up there in heaven. And God says, hey, what are you doing? And he says, oh, nothing. I'm just looking for somebody's life to mess up. That's what I'm doing. You ever feel like he's looking for you, bro? Yeah, I'm just looking for somebody's life to mess up. Oh, well, you know what? I got this guy, Steve, who's really been trying to walk with me and follow me and do things. Hey, why don't you go mess his life up? Would you expect God to say that? No, but that's God's plan, and God wants to do it for your good and for his glory if you follow him in all of this. So know that when you start following God, you're going to get opposition. If you stay as a lukewarm little Christian that everybody thinks Christianity is about, and you misrepresent God by keeping one, one arm on the crutch and one you know, thing on the floor, and, and if it goes out from you, are not really trusting. If you are lukewarm like that, the devil would love to have you represent Christ that way. He'd love to have you represent, but when you step out and you are going to put all your faith and trust in Christ now against insurmountable odds, man, and if Christ doesn't work out, I'm going down for the count. When you do that, get ready to have the devil start trying to kick the legs out from under it. Get ready for him. But there's nothing that's going to come your way. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested above that you're able, but with the temptation. He will make a way to escape. You follow him. God's got a plan in it all. Don't give up when it starts shaking. The devil would love to get you to jump off and say, oh, I was wrong about that God stuff. Or get you scared. But it's at that time that you've got to trust God even more. Just stay there. Stay on it. And so guess what happens next? Stephen doing all these wonderful, awesome things, part of God's plan, verse 9. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen. Now these were guys who were, uh, used to be slaves in the Roman Empire. Now they're free and they're Jewish and they have synagogue. And there, he actually mentions three of them here. Uh, freedmen from the Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cis. Uh, how do you say that? Cilicia and Asia. So there's three of them there. And they started disputing with Stephen. So now they saw great miracles, great works going on. They saw all this happening. And, and they were now, you know what? This is infringing upon our religion, upon our power, upon the system we have. In other words, what happened is they were starting to get convicted by the Holy Spirit that maybe they needed to give their life to Christ. 
Maybe now God was speaking to them that what they were doing was wrong and he had a new way of doing it. He had a different way of doing it and it wasn't meshing with them. And you have a choice when you hear something from God. Your choice is this. You can either bend your life to fit God's rules or you can bend God's rules to fit your life. You have a choice to do that. You can either twist God's rules to fit your current lifestyle or you can twist your life to fit his rules and try to justify things. And so these guys here, what they were doing is they were hearing, I got I to gotta believe, because we learned last week that a lot of the priests were giving their life to Christ. I got to believe that these guys here, God, the Holy Spirit was working on them saying, don't do this, do this, just trust, just get on the stool, just trust. And these guys are like, no, I'm not going to. So what do they do? They start trying to twist God's rules to fit their current lifestyle instead of changing their life to fit God's rules. And in this, man, they started, what does it say? Disputing with Stephen. That word disputing is a, is a heated debate. Man, they started like debating. They started trying to approach it from here instead of here. And they start trying to have this big theological argument. Anybody here ever have people want to have a theological argument with you? Don't jump into that. Don't participate into that. You don't need to mess around. We do need to be ready to give an answer. But here's the fact, folks. You've been called to be a witness, not a lawyer. God didn't call you to go present some theological dissertation and argue with somebody else with their theological dissertation and try to combine them. What God called you to do is simply be a witness. And a witness, when you get brought into court, what do you share? What do you share, bro, when you go into court if you're a witness? What do you do, Gary? The truth, what you know, what you saw, what you experienced. So as a witness for Christ, dude, if we're living life through God's perspective, we're seeing life from God's perspective, we just simply share what he's doing in our life. Now, we got plenty of Bible verses. We got plenty of Bible in context to back up what he's doing in our life. But you're not there to be a lawyer. And so they're trying to argue with them, and they're in a heated dispute. This literally means they got up out of their seats, and, buddy, they are just playing it hard. I remember my mom used to always say, and I don't know where she got the quote, maybe Shakespeare or somewhere, but... She used to always say when I was a kid, and um, she would say, wow, thou protesteth too much. <laughs> you know? Is that Shakespeare? Is that where it is? Yeah. And because I would be, like, trying so hard to convince her that a lie was the truth. And she knew that the more that I presented my argument, probably the less true my argument was. And that's what these guys are doing. They're trying to convince themselves. They're trying to quench the Holy Spirit in them so they don't have to listen to the Holy Spirit. La, 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 no, I don't want to listen. I don't want to change. Go away. And they're trying to get rid of it. So instead of changing their life to conform to what the Holy Spirit's asking them to do, they're trying to change God's rules to fit their lifestyle. And so they're disputing with Stephen, disputing and in the most awful disputing way. Verse 10, and they were not, but look at this, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So you know what that means? That means that Stephen, under the power of the Holy Spirit, with great power and grace, and, and through believing, God gave him power to see life from his perspective and to be able to speak in such a way that they couldn't beat him in this debate. Now, these guys were professional debaters on theology. They were the best of the best. But Stephen, look what it says, man, through wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. And the spirit, and, and let me share this with you. When you're full of the spirit, what is the fruit of the spirit? 
Ephesians 5, write this down if you're taking notes and look it up later. Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. What is it? The fruit of the Spirit is? What's first one? Love. Help me out. Peace. Patience. Joy. Yeah, you guys need to go home and study this, man, because then you'll know. <laughs> but, yeah, love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, gentleness, meekness. So you see when they're spitting. Going, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, sorry, I did scare you, didn't I? And they're like, no, but you're wrong. Yeah. You know, and they're beating them over the head with their Bible and their Torah and their everything and their rules, trying to convince at the same time. And, and mind you, Stephen now, you know, these guys are, are pretty high in power. These guys have the ability to arrest him and actually get him killed, probably, which we're going to see later. And so while they're doing all of that in their face, Stephen was able to stay calm. Stephen was able to stay full of love. Man, can you love people that are in your face yelling and screaming at you? Elaine, you ever have a teacher doing that? No, man. No, you haven't? Man, you're, you guys are like, how many of y'all ever had teachers in your face? Remember back when we had corporal punishment and all that? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have riddling, we had paddling, right? But anyways, so... So as they're in his face, man, as they're going at it, he was full of love. He was full of peace. He was full of patience. He was full of goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Where did he get that from? How many of y'all need power to be patient sometimes? P -p power to have self-control sometimes. Have power to be good when it's not so good. Power to have peace when the whole world's falling apart and we got war, how many of y'all need power for that stuff? That power came through him leaning on Christ for everything, putting all his faith and trust in him, and then he received the power to be that witness, and he needed, I believe, every bit of the fruit of the Spirit here. And it says they were not able to beat him in this debate. They kind of probably went to the same school my wife did, man. When I first got married, Man, uh, how many of y'all know Mary? you're married to an opposite, right? Okay, and my family, when we like got in arguments or we had disagreements, my family, dude, we duped it out. We yelled, and so did everybody else in our neighborhood. We had windows open. We didn't have air conditioning back then in Florida. And all this, we would, man, we yelled, we duped it out, and then we solved it and said, all right, see you later. <laughs> and it was good. So I kind of grew up with that, hitting conflict head on. How many of y'all are hit conflict head on, and let's get it over with people? Good, you're probably married to someone who's not. <laughs> Pretty much guaranteed. And so, so in that, man, I'm like, we get married. I'm like, I got this down. I got conflict down. We had all kinds of conflict in my house. We dealt with it. I'm going to teach you how to deal with that girl. And so I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And the more I would bring it up, what do you think she did? Shut down. Shut down. And I'm like, you don't care about us. You don't love us. And she would just shut. That didn't even get a response from her. And I'm like, now I know you don't care because you don't say anything, you know, until I matured a little bit and realized that <coughs> the people who don't want to duke it out like me, their brains kind of like processing in an intelligent way all the stuff that they already do have. And the more I throw in there, the faster I'm making the blender spin. And the sooner I shut up, the sooner it can settle and we can actually settle it. So the more I pushed, the more I tried, the more she would back off and be quiet and be quiet and be quiet. And man, what misunderstandings in there. And I realized that the best way to win an argument is to not argue back. I could, who could imagine? That's not how we did it growing up. Man, man, to win an argument, you just got to get louder. <laughs> come up with better points. Come up. And, and so I think this guy, 
through the power of the Holy Spirit and probably my wife being filled with the Holy Spirit early in our marriage. And I attribute that to the reason why we're still married after 20, this year will be 27 years. And um, it's because she went to this guy's school here. It's like she saw that the best way to argue is not to argue. This guy just lit, you know, they blew their balloon up and they spit it all out, man. And he just took it in and took it in because he knew he was going to get his opportunity to preach. Now, wait till you see how long his message is next week. <laughs> he did let it out once and for all. And how many of you are, are married or you know somebody that, you know, they hold it back in and then they just all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have made that noise with it. I don't know. But <laughs> you know what happens when you hold stuff in, right? All right. So anyways, getting back to this. <laughs> in here, that's what he did. He was full of the spirit, full of love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, gentleness. In the heat of the battle, you guys know that it's hard to do that in the flesh. It's impossible. You've got to be walking with God. You've got to be full of his spirit. You've got to have his power to be able to do that. And that is one of the greatest miracles right there, that he was able to do that. And they weren't able to beat him. His wisdom, the few things he did say, the few, the, the temperament he had, it just drove them nuts. So look what they did next. They couldn't beat him fairly. So if you can't beat somebody fairly and your whole goal in life is to win, what do you do? What do you do, Terry? Not that you do it. What have you seen people do if you can't beat somebody fairly? We were on the edge. Yeah, okay, which is an AKA cheat, <laughs> okay? Yeah, you cheat, all right? And so watch these guys, man. Look what happened. So they couldn't win fair and square, but they still had the Holy Spirit beaten on their conscience, man. They had to eliminate it somehow. It says, so look, verse 11, then they secretly, that's the first clue that something's not right here. They secretly did something. If you can't do it out in the open, a lot of times it ain't worth doing, right? I mean, they secretly, now there are some things, please do it secretly, okay? But for the most part like this, dude, these guys secretly, they induced men to say, oh, induced. I got something else for the praise jar. Check this out. Did you notice we didn't have a lead guitarist today? Tom, Rock Shop Tom, last night he uh, put on Facebook, 10 minutes ago I became a grandpa. <laughs> so Rock Shop Tom, he's a... Uh, on his way, he has been so waiting to become a grandpa, and his daughter up in North Carolina had her baby last night. Now, Tom, being a guy, didn't have all those womanly details, like if it was a boy or a girl, and how long, how much it weighs. Or... No, he just said, I got a grandkid. I'm a grandpa. So, so Tom's a grandpa. Y'all be praying for them to have such a great time. They're going to Carolina. They'll be gone a couple weeks, and they'll be back. So anyways, but speaking of induced, so these guys secret, because she was induced. All right. So anyway, secretly... Come on, reel it back in. Here we go. No. <laughs> All right. They secretly induced the men to say. They, they prompted people. They got people kind of to say something. They said, we have heard him, Stephen, speak some blasphemous words against Moses and God. Now, that was a capital offense in their economy, in the Jewish economy, and that was worthy of a death penalty even. We heard him speak blasphemous things. And so by saying this and knowing that that was a capital offense and knowing that there were probably 50,000 now born-again believers in Jerusalem, look what verse 12 says. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him. They seized him and brought him to the council. Look who they stirred up. So a few people kind of stirred a bunch of people. The first ones they stirred up were who? The people. <laughs> it said they stirred up people. 
And who were the people? The people were the same ones on the outside cheering them on. You know, just like with Jesus, one week they were all going, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, you're awesome. The next week, what were they shouting out? Crucify him. People can be easily distracted and strayed away. You know, tell me if we don't have ways that, that social media, TV media, people in your own circles cannot take a little rubber ball and throw it and get you to chase it. How many of y'all are guilty of chasing little rubber balls? Anybody here? Yeah, little, yeah, we are. We gotta be so careful of who we let lead us. That's why we've gotta be seeing things from God's perspective. Because it's so easy for us to get sidetracked and be chasing little balls all over the place. And so these guys, by saying this, all of a sudden the people were kind of on Stephen's side, kind of on the disciples' side. All of a sudden they were like, no way, dude, he's saying something against Moses God. Now, do you think these people heard him say anything about Moses or God? No, but they heard that somebody heard that somebody told them that their great uncle's aunt's sister's brother heard them say that. And they put it on Facebook, so it better be true, right? <laughs> Man, it's there. It was a meme, all right? Memes are true. It was on Wikipedia, and it's true. Snopes said it, the dude in the mom's basement. He said it, it's true. And so I'm not making fun of any of those things, but I'm just kind of making it real. Most of these people who now were the people that got turned, that's us. How many of y'all know that you're people? How many of y'all know, know your leaders? You know your leaders. How many of y'all know your people, man? And you follow. Amen. Most of us are going to be people. And so these people, they now got taken from one side to the other. And they really didn't even have a dog in the fight. But guess what? One side can't win without the people. So be very important where you side your allegiance to. That's why we've got to be seeing life from God's perspective so our allegiance goes to him. And not sidetracked by all these other issues that are going to be over when Jesus comes back. Or we die and go to heaven. So it says here they stirred up the people. Next one, the elders and the scribes, they were probably pretty easy to be stirred up because they were losing income over this whole deal. And that's an earthquake app. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn that off. And uh, they came upon him. They seized him. So what they did, they took Stephen, and all of a sudden they just grabbed him in a violent manner, and they drug him and brought him to the council. This council now had the ability to call the shots of Stephen's future, whether Stephen was going to live or Stephen was going to die. Now, how many of y'all ever been bold for Christ? You've been bold for Christ? Destiny, you ever been bold for Christ? Man, you're like, all right, I'm standing up. I'm bold for Christ. All right, Jack, dude, Jack is bold for Christ right now, man. Jack, stand up and show him your pants, man. Come on. Yeah, dude. Jack's sharing the gospel on his pants right now. We'll talk about that later. All right. But you're bold for Christ, and you stand up, and, and you start preaching for Christ, and you start all of a sudden, you start getting some opposition. Anybody ever get opposition? You get opposition. And, and then you start backing off because, well, people at work might not like me. Or, or, or you know what, we got to live next to these people. Or, well, no, I can't, you know, I'm never going to see him again, but I don't like not being like. We get opposition. Stephen's opposition was real. He's with people now that basically can put him to death. So how many of y'all, how many of y'all would like, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all would just kind of shut up at this point and say, all right, you know what, God, when you put on my heart to say something, I'll say something. <laughs> And when I feel the Holy Spirit move, I'll say something. Stephen, man, Stephen was full of the Spirit. And so when he got squeezed, what came out of him? Man, you squeeze an orange, you get it. When you squeeze a Christian, what comes out? Christ. 
There was nothing. When they put the, the screws to Stephen, when they put the vice on him, when they put the, the clamps and started squeezing him, the only thing that could come out was Christ. God's looking for people like that. Right, Kevin? He's looking for people that he can squeeze, and they're not going to freak out because it's uncomfortable for him. But instead, he can now show his glory and do things so supernatural that only he can get blamed for it. There's no other explanation for what goes on. And so here it is, man. They stirred the people up. They seized them. They brought them to the council. Look at the last couple of verses here. They also, look at this, they also set up false witnesses who said, this man doesn't cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place in the law. So they're starting to lie about him. Now, how many of y'all could be okay standing for the truth? But how many of y'all start defending yourself once they start lying about you? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's our pride now. That's my reputation. You start lying about me. But you know what somebody once said? Don't defend yourself. Your enemies won't believe it, and your friends don't need it. And if you spend all your time defending yourself, the devil knows a great way to get you to be distracted by having everybody start lying about you. Stay focused. Stay on track. And so they're lying about him, and the dude's sitting there. And answering with wisdom, answering with, with, through the Spirit, responding the way the Holy Spirit of God wants him to respond. And so now they go on in, um, in verse 14. They're bringing up some of the same arguments as they brought up against Jesus. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses has delivered to us. Now, if you go back and read when they even accused Jesus of that, Jesus never said, I'm going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days. He said, you destroy your temple. You destroy the temple, and I'll raise it up in three days. And the Bible says he was talking about himself. But here they're like, no, he said he's going to tear up the temple. So everybody's like, no, he isn't. We're going to put him in jail. We're going to take care of him. And so they're lying at this point. How many of y'all be losing your testimony with somebody lying about you? How many of you have lost your testimony over somebody lying about you? Isn't that just like getting spit on? I mean, how many of y'all lose your testimony if somebody spits on you? Other than the preacher because you're too close, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's where you're crossing the line. So here it is. They've got him rested. They've got him in there. And he's done just what God wants him to do. Why would this be happening to me? Because Jesus filled him up with Jesus, and Jesus wants the world to squeeze the Jesus out of him. So the world has Jesus all over him. Can he use you that way? Are you willing are you willing to say, yes, just fill me up in whatever way you want to squeeze me, man. Squeeze me. And, 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 and put, the, put the screws to me. Squeeze me and let Jesus get out on all everybody else. Or how many of you would say, no, I think I'd rather just have a cushy life and go to heaven when I die. Terry, we're really there, aren't we? Isn't that where we live? Yeah. Terry's the only one being honest about it. The rest of you are like, yeah, dude, I want a cushy life. This has been grueling enough. I've been here since 9.30 when you said you were going to start. <laughs> well, not only you find that out, it's only for once. But anyways, but, but isn't that where we're at? Especially in our cushy society where we live right now. But man, I want you to see that, man, God wants, that's how God is going to, to spread the gospel is by squeezing us. Verse 15. And look at this. This is the end of it. And all who sat in the council. Now, all this council, these guys in the council, man, 
These guys are, are looking at him. They're grueling him. They're trying to get under his skin. They're trying to get him upset. They're trying to get him to lose his testimony. They're trying to get a, find a chink in his armor so they can defeat him because they haven't been able to with the truth. So now they're trying to do it with a lie. And they're staring him down. And look what it says. All who sat in that council with bad intentions looking steadfastly at him. What does steadfastly mean? Yeah, Dave, what does steadfastly mean? Yeah, dude. Want to stare in contest right now? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's good at that. But uh, Emily, Emily, watch, man. She hates you. Oh, no, now. She's lying. Bring it on. Oh, not here when you got a, not here while you got a crowd. I'll do it at dinner, at lunch when you're like, like, oh, quit looking at me. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, every one of them was staring him down. Waiting to find a chink in the armor so they could get in and just make him fail. But when you're full of some, if you're full of the spirit, what's the only thing that can come out? The spirit, yeah. If you're full of goodness, the only thing that come out is good, man. And so it takes a lot of work to be full of good because this world is constantly filling us with bad. You know? So it says, and all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him. Look what they go. It says, they saw his face. Oh, duh! They saw his face as the face of a what? <laughs> if you are there in a court and they're lying about you, trying to put you to death, trying to trying to torment you, trying to get under your skin, trying to provoke you. How many of you would have the face of an angel? Besides Terry. Now, how many of you would have the face of an angel? How many? I mean, you just can't help it, man. Look at that light. You know, how many of you literally would just have that countenance about you? Is that a natural thing? No, man. I don't know about you, but, man, I know some of you guys so well that you don't have to say a word, and I can tell what you're saying. You know, you think you're being quiet in here, but I'm looking at you. Oh, I was like, that means you're tired. No, or I'm boring or whatever. No. <laughs> no, I'm just saying your facial expressions show it all, don't they? Sometimes words aren't even necessary. And dude, this guy, through all of this, had the face of an angel. <laughs> Man, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think my face would have been the face of an angel because I still need a few more years of schooling in this. I would have been arguing right back with him. But now that I've heard this message, and now that God has shown me this in this way, you know what my goal is in life? <clears throat> Every chance I get, I want to fill up with him. Because if I'm full of him, what's the only thing that can come out? It's him. I want to quit wasting my time filling up on other garbage, other stuff. Because whatever you put in, remember the old computer terminology, garbage in? Yeah, people say, you got a virus. Well, quit looking at those sites. <laughs> there it is. You know? It's like, whatever you put in, that's what's coming out. So, man, we need to fill up because God wants to squeeze you. <laughs> and that's my prayer for you. And that's kind of what I'm asking you to ask God. Is, is God, give me the desire to be squeezed by you. I, right now, God, I don't want to be squeezed by you. God, I, I really want things kind of cushy, and I'll follow you. I'll stay up. Here's where I draw the line. But, God, I'm not quite giving you permission to squeeze me yet. And, God, I, I see from your word I really need to be able to do that because I see 
the real reason I'm here on this planet is for you to squeeze me so Christ can come out. And I'm not there yet, so will you give me that desire? Maybe you are there right now. And you're saying, go ahead. God, you know what? I want you to squeeze me. I want you to put me in situations that I know I can't take care of in my own strength and my own power. And God, I want my faith to grow because I want to trust you that when I get squeezed, you'll come out. And you make those commitments to be full. You know, Jack, come on up here for just a second, if you would, please. And, and you know, we have, these, uh, we have these cards up here that we give out all the time to be able to share the gospel with these. And I told Jack I was going to do this with his pants today. And I won't make you stand up there. But, um, but in, these, in these pants, it's the same color as these cards. And you see the gold right here, man? This gold reminds us that we have a home where? Dude, how many of you all know you got a home in heaven one day? And how long are you going to be in heaven? Forever. And that's way longer than you could ever live on this planet. You're going to be in heaven. And that's going to be a pretty cool thing. And in fact, the Bible teaches us in the book of Romans in chapter 8, he says, the sufferings of this life take the worst things you have to experience in this life, and they're nothing compared to the glory that you're going to experience in heaven. They're nothing. We're going to forget all about it. We're going to be so blown away by God in person and, and being in heaven with him. That's our home. And for me, that's a great encouragement. I see that gold. I see your yellow shirt. I see your yellow shirt. Every time I see your yellow, I see gold. I see yellow. I think I, the fact I got a home in heaven. But then every time I see this black color, I see this darkness. It reminds me I live in a dark world and that I was born into that dark world. And that darkness, that sin is what kept me separated from God. And that darkness, as long as it was in my life and it was dominating my life, and, and that was my true desire, which is what I came into the world, world desiring, man, I was separated from God. And there was no way I could cover that darkness up. And one day, God gave me the desire and ability to believe what his word said, that I have earned a free trip to hell by my sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so when I see this red color, now I realize that this red represents the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus performed on the cross and was able to sit down on the right hand of God the Father because it was the final sacrifice. And he gave me the desire to surrender my life to him and invite him in, and it covered my darkness. It covered my sin. And once I accepted Christ and his blood covered my life, it doesn't mean I don't sin anymore. But it means that he treats me as though I don't. Do I still have the consequences of sin? If I punch Jack, he's punched me back. I got consequences, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> and so, so <laughs> I don't like how you said that so quick. Man. But anyways, but, but yeah, there's still consequences. But God treats me as though I've never sinned once I've got his blood covering my life. And wouldn't it have been so much easier if he would have just taken me to heaven when I gave my life to him? Man, wouldn't it have been so much better? Couldn't you have made me so much happier in heaven? Yeah. But he had a purpose for me, and the green that's on here reminds me of what that purpose is. That purpose is for me to go through the situations in life that squeeze me. And as I go through them, and he supernaturally brings me through those things with his power, Man, I fall more in love with him. I grow more in love with him. That's what the green's for. I grow more in love with him. And as we grow more in love with God, what, who do we, else do we grow more in love with? People. You grow more in love with God, he says, you grow more in love with people. And that's why he left us here, is to share this good news with people. Whether it's through your shorts, whether it's through a, a, little, a little cake that our folks from uh, 
Montgomery, our, who are back home now, brought us. However it is, whether it's through this card, but it's basically in our life, God wants to put us in situations where he squeezes us, and he wants to see Christ come out. But for Christ to come out, what do we got to put in? Christ. All right, thanks, Jack, man. Don't touch me, all right? Not to the... All right. All right, so, so in this again, to finish this all up, Ashley, I'll give you a copy back. And, um, oh, no, it's, it's yours. I'm giving it back. Not the way you normally wanted it back, but... Uh, yeah, but if I squeeze this and I pour this out, what do you think is going to come out? Because what was put in? Coffee. And so, so whatever you put in, that's what's going to come out, guys. So let me ask you this. What are you filling out, filling up with? And, you know, it's not a legalistic thing to go read your Bible, legalistic thing to come to church, legalistic thing to go to a small group. Man, it, it's it just no more than it's legalistic that you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The point is, is that you need the nutrition. The point is, is that when you fill up spiritually, then now you look forward to those times where God's doing, he's, he's putting situations in your life where you need faith. You're looking forward to seeing how he can get you through these crazy things that, that, that you have no clue how they're going to end up. And you know that as you do it, you know when you get through it, you're going to be so stoked. How many of you have testimonies of things that you know God did in the past that were so supernatural and he could get blamed. Anybody got those things? And you can look back and see the wake of his faithfulness, but how many of you, when, he was, when you were rowing your boat into that situation, were rejoicing? Or how many of y'all were freaking out? <laughs> and wondering how it's going to be? And that's it, man. God wants to use your life as a testimony, but it starts by us putting all our faith and trust in him. As we do that, he gives us the power we need to do whatever it is he's calling us to do. He will then let us be able to speak with wisdom and react by being filled with his spirit. And when we get squeezed, man, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. But what I'm going to say is that it's going to help somebody. And that's why we're here. And no matter how bad you get squeezed, how crushed you get, bottom line is one day you got a home in heaven and you won't even remember any of that. So man, fill up, let him squeeze you, and let Christ come out on everyone. Let's pray. Father, I gotta admit, I've never looked at this passage about Stephen this way. Um, looked at it a bunch of different ways, but I've never quite seen it this way. And I know that's because your word is fresh, it's alive. You knew who would be here. You know where I'm at today. You know where everyone's at. And you know what we needed to hear, so Father, um, don't want to just belabor a point, but just help us to remember that if you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. And if you squeeze a Christian, you get Christ. But the only way that's going to happen is if we stay full of you. So, Father, give us the desire and ability to stay full of you. So when we get squeezed, people just get covered with Jesus and not us. And Father, if there's somebody here that's never given their life to Christ, they don't know where they're going when they die. They don't have any idea of, of, of whether they're going to heaven or hell or any of that. Father, I pray that you would give them the desire and ability to believe your word. That we come into this world as sinners, desiring only to please ourselves. And if we please anybody else, it's simply to benefit us in the future. But it's definitely not there to please you. And we call that sin. And that sin separates us from you. 
So, Father, if someone's in that situation, they just realize that. Um, help them also realize the only way they can pay for sin is by dying and going to hell. Or they can put their faith and trust in what you did on the cross, Jesus. And you tell us that if we surrender everything we know about ourselves at some point in time to everything we know about you, that what Jesus did on the cross pays for our sins. Father, if there's somebody here who's never done that, give them a desire they can't refuse to just surrender what they know about themselves to what they know about you. And be able to trust you and believe not only in eternal life, but to be able to trust and believe you for everything as they go through the rest of life. So, Father, let it be said of us that when we get squeezed, Christ comes out. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name.